Hey everybody, good morning Bridge family. Ready or not, here comes a pop quiz. Now this pop quiz comes from Pastor Maddie from two of his takeaways from last week's message. So I hope you do well. Take a look at this. All right, if you answered sharing joy strengthens relationships, you got that one, right? And number two, numbness is the opposite of rejoicing. Rejoicing was the answer there. And if you have absolutely no idea what we're talking about this morning, take a look in the description box below and make a note to check out the message, Stay in love. We have kicked off this series over Jesus Goals 2021 and have been in Philippians chapter 3 and providing a lot of context over these uh, few weeks of January. So uh, it will benefit you to catch up. Now, today we're going to take a look in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 from the HCSB, which reads, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. Watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. And with that, let's, let's pray into this. Our Father and our God, we thank you for this divine moment that you have given us. Lord, your word says that the entrance of your word brings light. And so, Holy Spirit, as this word is going forward, we thank you in advance for the light that will touch the recesses of our hearts, of our souls. Lord, use your word to get into the secret places, the, the dark places, the places that are full of angst and do that disinfecting work. Do that strengthening work that only you can do. Cleanse us from the inside out. Touch us, change us, transform us. Make us who you want us to be. And we'll give you all the thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Um, let's take a look at verse 1 one more time here, family. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. You see how we highlighted that, those two phrases, rejoice in the Lord plus protection for you, is where we get our title for today. Our title for today is Protective Measures. Protective Measures. In the chat room, you're probably already helping me out, but if not, help me out. Put Protective Measures wherever you are. If you're sitting with someone or not, just speak it out loud. Protective Measures. Protective Protective Measures. Protective Measures are taken to prevent uh, contamination. Uh, pr protective Measures are taken to uh, preserve something to protect someone or something from harm. Uh, protective gloves reduce the absorption of chemicals uh, through the skin. A protective measure can be as simple as taking an umbrella out in the rain. I think you get what I'm saying about that, but when I was studying, as I was praying into this message for you today, that 
that's the term that came to me, protective measures. I believe the Lord wants us to know that rejoicing in him is a protective measure of our faith in him. Rejoicing in him is a protective measure of our faith in him. And I'm, I'm excited to unpack uh, some more, some more of that. So let's look at verse two. Let's look at verse two. Watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. Okay, it's like, what in the world is going on in verse two? I've been teasingly writing down in my notes, who let the dogs out? To unpack what in the world is going on here and why would Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, write this to the Jesus followers at Philippi? In essence, these dogs, these mutilators of the flesh, these evil workers are teachers. They are purveyors or um, they're messengers of a false, false understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. And Paul is not holding back here, calling these people dogs and doing all this. And I want to unpack it more because I think after you hear who Paul is talking to, you you, you might understand why Paul, why Paul is using such strong language, such strong language. This group of people that Paul is talking about, they're called uh, Judaizers. That's one way to say the name, J-U-D-A-I-Z-E-R-S, Judaizers. And they were a group of people that basically they were, I'll say it like this, you know, sometimes I say things kind of nice. Um, they were so blown away by the grace of God that they didn't believe that a person could just simply receive salvation. Let me try it like this. Let me try it like this. Let me ask you a question. Can you earn salvation? Can you earn salvation? Now, if you are answering, hell no. No, you can't earn salvation. Then you got the answer right. You even get bonus points if you use that that uh, authority of the believer type prayer that we had shared a while back. Remember, we talked about if something is not coming from God, if it's not coming from heaven, um, if something's not, you know, uh, coming from God, then we're saying, wait a minute. And obviously, we're not talking about things that just happen in, in everyday living that are just random and there's really not a super great explanation for why things happen, then we're saying, let's look and examine to make sure that this is not some kind of attack of, of hell. And so we, we, we came up with that rebuke, hell no. And this is in essence, the feeling that Paul is coming from when he's communicating to these Jesus followers at Philippi, because he's saying, watch out for this hellish doctrine. This teaching is from the pit of hell because these Judaizers taught that You had to earn salvation. Their whole thought was Jesus plus works equals salvation. Jesus plus works equals heaven. Wrong, right? Right. Absolutely wrong. So this doctrine, this teaching coming at a time where Paul is in prison and then he's got this basically new church, uh, new believers, new converts. He's like, oh, no. 
Oh, no, 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 no. Watch out for that teaching because it undermines the faith. Earlier, I talked about how, you know, grace is so amazing. It's so amazing. Uh, we don't earn our salvation. Jesus took care of all that. Jesus took care of all that. You remember, you, you might remember the account where Jesus is uh, hanging on the cross and he's in between two criminals. And one of the criminals has this dialogue with Jesus and says, hey, I want you to remember me in, in, in paradise. I want you to remember me. And Jesus is like, it's done. Jesus doesn't use the word, it's done. But you understand what I'm trying to convey with you here. This guy has salvation with Jesus and he's hanging on a cross. It's not like this guy is going to get off of the cross and then go do a uh, Bible study or go do uh, water baptism or, or go uh, do all these things. No, 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 no. Salvation is not earned. It is the gift of God. Your Bible will tell you so that nobody can boast. The only person who gets glory out of salvation is God because it is a free gift. No one would be able to boast. The scripture tells us we were dead in our trespasses and sins, right? But because of Christ, in, in Christ, through Christ, God has lavished such rich mercy on us that what? We've been made alive in Christ. And it's not by our works, it's by what Jesus has done. So you can understand why Paul is so intense about watch out for the dogs. Watch out for these mutilators of the flesh because these Judaizers said you got to do uh, believe on Jesus and you got to be circumcised. You got to believe on Jesus and you got to do this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dead religion. <laughs> Dead religion. When, when, when do you know you've done enough to secure salvation with God? It's horrible. Some of you guys are feeling that, right? And, and, and even today, and even today in our world, this is, this is not just a problem uh, that they faced at that time. This is still out there today. I mean, some of you understand it's, there's certain parts of the Roman Catholic uh, tradition that say you have this. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. There's no way that you can just receive grace. You've got to do this, do that, do this, do that. Hop through all these hoops, do all this kind of stuff. And then there's other uh, traditions as well that teach that Jesus alone, believing on him, is not enough. Well, our Bible, thank you, praise be to God, our Bible reminds us that uh, salvation is through, through Christ, by grace through faith. We place our faith in Christ by the grace of God. That's how we receive the gift of salvation. Now, we do good things. We, we cultivate a relationship with God, obviously, we, but we're not doing anything to earn salvation. Everything we're doing is because we are enjoying what Christ has done. And we flow, we live from that place. We give and we study and we grow and we serve and we change the world. Not because we're trying to make it into heaven. No, 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 no. That's already been resolved. Jesus already took care of that. We're doing what we do because we have been transformed from the inside out. We had been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh my goodness. So, so the, the opposite of that obviously is dead religion. 
It's dead. There's no, there's no life in it. And Paul, being a, a, a great leader, being a loving discipler, being a great pastor, said, stay, oh, watch out for that teaching in the church. That teaching will bring hell into the church. It will break the church. It will mess with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The grace of God flowing free, it will interrupt that. So hopefully, you, hopefully you're picking up what I'm, what I'm putting down, what I'm putting down right there. So these Judaizers were around, and, and you, you know we could talk more about it. If you want to, you can look up some some more, do some more study because they they don't just show up in this one account. They show up in other places too, in in Acts. In, in Acts, and you can s just kind of see that there's this, there's always this kind of antagonism going on with uh, between uh, Paul, the Jesus followers, and certain groups who are just blown away by the grace of God and find some way to cheapen it or just misunderstand it and bring people under a yoke or bondage of slavery. See, I'm still talking about it. I'm trying to move to the next point. But even even in Los Angeles. Even in Los Angeles, there are people who uh, uh, traditions and some of these are cults now uh, that will talk about Jesus in, in very odd ways. You need to know that the uh, gift of uh, grace is is a gift It's free. Salvation is free. Even today in Los Angeles, you, if you, when you're listening and meeting different people, you really have to lean in and listen. Say, wait, where are you talking about? Which Jesus are you talking about? Okay, enough about that. Enough about that. So Paul is in the jail and he is writing to safeguard. He is, he's writing to remind the Jesus followers at Philippi about uh, protective measures, what they can do. And it just keeps hitting me. And I, and, I, and I believe the Lord has put his finger on it for us today because Paul is the victim of circumstances. Paul is in prison because he's sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's setting people free under the power of uh, Holy Spirit. He is seeing families Whole families come to faith in Jesus Christ. And as a result of his zeal for Christ, as a result for his love for people, he finds himself in prison. But what is so striking is that he's a victim of circumstance, but he's not victim-minded. And I believe that as he's writing and he's writing to the Jesus followers there. And I believe that God would hear us here today, regardless of the victim uh, circumstances we find ourselves in. We are not to be victim minded because our identity comes from Christ Jesus. And that rejoicing in the Lord is the skill or one of the skills that God has given us to cultivate joy. The type of joy that keeps our faith grounded in the Lord. The kind of faith that keeps us moving forward, prospering in the things of, of God. <sighs> Victims of circumstance don't have to be victim-minded and should not be victim-minded in Christ Jesus. 
Things happen to us, sure. Pandemics happen to us. Deaths happen to us of loved ones. Uh, 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 horrible situations happen to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those circumstances, when we are in Christ Jesus, are just that. They're circumstances. They are not to become our identity. They are not to become our identity. Uh, I, when victim-mindedness is, is growing, I, I, I have always associated with uh, a spirit of condemnation. Uh, the, the, the scripture told us what? Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, that can be true, but if we don't work that thing out, if we don't cultivate that type of reality, then we could become a victim of victim-mindedness. We could become a people who are completely counter to what our true identity is. And I believe the Lord is highlighting that. I wrote down some statements that... The statements in and of themselves do not necessarily mean that you're walking in a spirit of condemnation or that you're walking in victim mindedness. It don't necessarily mean that, but you understand the heart. It's like the intent where those statements are coming from. These are the type of statements that come from when when we have taken on a victim mindedness. And I, and I just thought I would share them. I, obviously, this is not any kind of exhaustive list, but I know the Lord has given us to rejoice in the Lord because he wants us to take the protective measures for our relationship with him, our faith in him. Um, here's some examples. My boss doesn't treat me right. My friends, my friends don't treat me right. My wife, my wife doesn't do right by me. Uh, why do I always have to be the one that has to X, Y, Z? Uh, it reminded me of the statement, why is everybody always picking on me? It, it, it's statements that we make that really, that really point to, uh, for us, a moment of reflection, of introspection where we say, hey, when I'm saying that, and especially if I'm in a habit of saying these kind of statements that come from victim-mindedness, um, am, am I operating under a spirit of condemnation? Have I let the, 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 the bad things that have happened to me, have I let them reshape my identity? Have I done that? The people of God, Jesus followers. God has given us his grace. He's, he's given us goals. And there is no way we're going to do what God has given us to do in 2021 if there's a spirit of condemnation that has, has shaped our mindset. How can we move forward? How can we step into that next place? How can we take the Lord up on his invitation to move forward in his grace if we're operating in that spirit of condemnation, in that 
victim-mindedness? The answer is we can't. We can't. So as, as, as you are shaping those Jesus Goals 2021 in every area of your, of your life, as you're, as you're doing that, would you just take a moment Ask Holy Spirit to help you look through some different areas in your life and, and, and ask him to bring to mind maybe some things that you've been saying. And just ask him, hey, is this just life stuff right here from the statement I'm making? Is this just life? This is not something to be too concerned about? Or is this, or, or, or is this a spirit of condemnation have my traumas and the things I have not dealt with, have, have they in some way jacked with my mindset that I, I need some mind renewal, like your scripture says? Just, just ask him. Just ask him. Some of you are listening right now. You're saying, yep, yep, I see why the Lord wanted this one. Because if you have been stuck in any area, it is wise to go back and look and say, am I operating victim-mindedness anywhere? To not just ask it, but then to know the solution is right here in our face. Thank you, Jesus. The solution is right here. He said, if you would cultivate joy, if you would rejoice in me, it's like an antidote to that type of victim-mindedness, that spirit of condemnation that sometimes wants to, I mean, it's always trying to get after us, but there is a protection. There is a protective measure that we can take. <laughs> it's why we discussed last week that uh, declaration. Um, when the Lord, when the Lord gives us his word. He gives us his word for our strengthening. Everything God does, everything he does, he does it for the welfare, for the benefit, for the good of his people, for his glory, our joy. And in this, in this year, in this 2021, in this time, a strong spirit, it's been one of the re recurring prayers I've been praying for our church, a strong spirit is crucial. Uh, let's take a look at Proverbs 18, 14. So you know what I'm talking about when I say uh, a strong spirit. It reads, a man's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken spirit? Who can survive a broken spirit? And so when we are cultivating the skill of rejoicing in the Lord, that is a strength to us, for us. That, as we discussed last week, helps us stay in the love of God. Helps us to continue to move forward, to abound in the things that God has called us to. Keeps us free from, yeah, those things are happening in our lives and things have happened to us that are, they suck, it's horrendous. We deal with tragedy and traumas and all these different things. Those Things will not define our identity. Our identity comes from the Lord. I am, Lord, who you say I am. 
these setbacks and these traumas and these things that I that have happened to me, yes, they are part of my story. But they do not make up my identity. They do not make up my character. That is reserved for the one who has made me. The one who has called me. And so as we've been in this year so far, we've really been focusing on the strong spirit with our 21 day fast, with our phone calls and devotions and other things that we're doing that we're led to do, you know, maybe individually per household, whatever. But it's super, super important for a strong spirit. A strong spirit is super, super important in moving ahead in our Jesus goals 2021. I love what James 4, 7 has to say. I'm going to read it from God's Word translation because if you've been around the bridge any length of time, you know I love this scripture. So it's going to sound a little different. So that way you don't know that I'm just saying the same thing. I'm using a different version. James 4, 7 from God's Word translation reads like this. So place yourselves under God's authority. Place yourself under God's authority. Resist the devil and he will run away from you. Oh my goodness, are you catching that? Place yourself under God's authority. Rejoice in the Lord is, 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 is placing ourselves under God's authority. Rejoicing in the Lord is placing ourselves under God's authority. Submitting to God, it makes our spirit strong in the words of Proverbs 18, 14. Your spirit is strong and then you can resist the devil. He will flee from you. You speak to mountains and see mountains move. You'll operate in wisdom, in the wisdom of God like, like never before. Because why? A strong spirit is what God has for every single one of us. He says if we do what he says do, we have then put ourselves in his care. Boy, I love being in God's care. Don't you love being in God's care? Lord, I'm doing what you said do. I'm about what you said to be about. I know you have my back. Oh, there is, ooh, there's, boy, I tell you what, doesn't it feel good to know God's got your back? He goes ahead of you. He's behind you. I almost felt myself going into a little singing thing right there. Oh, isn't it good to know you're under God's authority? Woo, me. Reminds me of that old MC Hammer song. Can't touch this. Can't touch me. I'm under God's authority. I make decisions based on what he is saying is important, that gives me strength so I can continue to cultivate this relationship with him and everybody else. Lord, we want to make the difference in the world that you're calling us to make. And you have given us everything that we need. You've given us the grace. You've given us, given us the wisdom. Now give us that type of uh, intention to become skillful, to become skillful at placing ourselves under your authority to become skillful at cultivating or building a strong spirit, to become skillful at applying your protective measures. Lord Jesus, you got things you want to do and you want to partner with us. Thank you for that. Thank you for giving us the grace that we would need 
to partner with you. Now, I don't know if you were able to catch last week or not, but how did you do with that declaration? We did a declaration last week. God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. That declaration or any declaration that comes from the word of God is also, is for your spirit. It makes you stronger or supposed to. It's supposed to. Uh, and I thought, you know, we should probably lean in on it a little bit. In order for a declaration, any kind of statement of truth to really uh, matter to you, you've got to dissect it for yourself and ask yourself questions like, do I know that God is good? What's so good about God? And then as you are thoughtfully considering uh, your responses to those questions, things will pop up in your mind. And then what you're declaring is actually meaningful to your own spirit. It's why the psalmist would write things like, may the words of our mouths, may the declarations of our mouths, may the confessions of our mouths, may the proclamations of our mouths and the meditations of our heart or the meditations of our spirit or the meditations of our enduring or stronger spirit be what? Pleasing and acceptable to you, oh God. May it be pleasing to you. Lord, let the things, the declarations, the things that I am saying, let it be pleasing to you, which means it's got to be true. It's got to be true. And it's got to be coming from my heart. It can't be empty words to me. It can't be something that looks good when you read it on the wall or on a poster or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But in order for it to be worship, in order for it to be something that causes me rejoicing in the Lord. It's, it's, it's got to, it's got to be meaningful to you. It's got to be meaningful, meaningful to me. We're going to take more time on that declaration this week. If you did it, it, maybe you hadn't been around the bridge very long, or maybe you're new to what it's like to cultivate a relationship with Jesus, to enjoy him. Maybe you didn't know that, oh, it's not just something you say. It's something that you really consider. You allow yourself to be challenged. You make sure that the declaration lines up with the very heartbeat of God through how the written scripture, it is written. And then you find a rejoicing in the Lord. Lord, we rejoice because of who you are. We rejoice because you are good. We rejoice because your salvation is a free gift. We rejoice because there's none like you in all the earth. We rejoice because of who you are. And that type of uh, relationship with God makes a strong spirit. You could have COVID symptoms right now and you could use that type of declaration and it will, oh my goodness, it will be a protection for you. It'll keep you in the right mind space. That joy will be your strength. And you'll say, I don't know how I'm making it through what I'm going, going through, but God is good. Oh, God loves us so much and he wants us to have a strong spirit. He wants us to take protective measures. He wants us to walk in the freedom, in the truth that he said, hey, this belongs to you, but I need you to rejoice in the truth. I need you to like uh, do what James 4, 7 said, put ourselves under God's authority. Ooh My goodness. My goodness. I'm hoping and praying in Jesus' name that taking the time to, to break this down more, I, I, I'm, I'm praying that you're seeing like, oh, this is making sense. This is not about some type of rules. 
This is clearly not about some kind of legalism. This is about what God has for me and him today that will have an impact, not just today, but in eternity. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasing and acceptable to you. Our declaration. We're going to take some more time on this. Because as we're looking at the goodness of God, I tell you what, we will probably far exceed any goal that we actually set, that we actually set in the Lord. Are you convinced of God's goodness? I want to encourage you to take some time this week. Today, right after this ends, be like, do I know personally that God is good? Do I rejoice in his goodness? How intentional can I be about that to remind myself? Hmm. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment. And let's receive more of what God has for us. Wherever you are right now, I just want to encourage you, just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. Let's just do some receiving. Let's, 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 let's do some receiving. Father, as our hands are lifted up, we're saying we're taking our hands off of uh, victim-mindedness. We're taking our hands off of condemnation. Lord, we are saying we want to see and be shaped by your love, by your goodness, by your truth. Lord, we want to be disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus who are able to not only have a great relationship with you, but to help others have great relationships with you as well. Lord, thank you that we are not victim-minded, but that we are love-minded. Thank you that we are not victim-minded, but we are joy-minded. Thank you that we are not victim-minded, but that we are peace-minded. Thank you that we are not victim-minded, but we are hope-minded. Thank you that we are not victim-minded, but we are faith-minded. Thank you that we are not victim-minded, oh God, but that we are wisdom-minded. Thank you that we're not victim-minded, but we are uh, with an overcoming mind. Oh, Lord, give us that strength. Give us that grace. And we thank you that even now, things are falling off of us. Psychological, emotional, spiritual weapons that have been forming against us are coming off of us all the more as we're just surrendering to you and receiving your goodness. Receiving your goodness. Receiving your goodness. How did it happen? Oh, it was by the goodness of God. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for him, our good shepherd. We thank you that he died in our place. He died as us so that we could live as him in relationship with you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you in advance for the accomplishment of the goals that you have put in our hearts to, to worship you and to add value to strengthen those who are connected to us. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Family, I pray this word blessed you and I look forward 
I look forward to what God is going to do. I cannot wait to share the word with you next week. I look forward to seeing you then. Bye.